0: Hey everyone,
1: Leonard Kim here, and it's another amazing week on Grow Your Influence Tree. Last Saturday, I held a barbecue at my place, and that's because my therapist, when I went with my wife, we were talking to them. He made the suggestion that we should toss a party at our place. I'm like, okay, let's toss a party. But with her um, leaving her job and this new book coming out, I, we just got so preoccupied with things that we kind of forgot to invite our friends. So on Wednesday, we start, started sending some tweets out to an audience of about 600,000 people seeing if anyone wanted to join us, and we had four friends visit, and it was pretty cool. But that struck up a little bit of excitement. I'm like, I want to do this again, and I asked Angie, and she got on board with it. So on Monday, uh, we set up a new barbecue. It's going to be on July 13th, if anyone's going to be in, in LA at that time. Um, let me know. If you want to come out to this barbecue, but uh, basically we're going to have barbecue food, all this great stuff. And I started inviting people, and something insanely, something insane happened. Like fifty-five people have already agreed to come from Monday to Thursday. That's only three days, and they're coming from fifteen states. They're flying out from fifteen different states. They're flying out from four different countries. All right, four different continents we have the UK we have Australia we have Denmark we have like Spain we have like um, uh, other places in the world that I'm not thinking of oh, Nigeria and all these other places where they're all coming in and I guess it's kind of cool another thing I did today was um my friend um, he did a data scrape for me on my list of uh, verified Twitter followers, and he put a list of that all together, and I assumed it was going to be like, you know, maybe like 500 verified people who follow me, but I guess it's like around 4,500 or something, so um, then I got this big overwhelming list that I don't know what to do with. But aside from that, today we have Suzanne Brown on the line with us. Uh, she's our guest for today. Uh, she has two different brands that she's been running. One's her personal brand, and one's a uh, mom empowerment. And she's been working uh, twenty years in marketing at a marketing agencies so or as a consultant. And um, why don't you take like a moment to like introduce yourself, Suzanne? <laughs> Suzanne, sorry, I've been just blabbing about my party. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Um, so I, my background is in um, marketing, so I've been a strategic marketing consultant for um, since 2004, um, but I started my own business in 2012, and um, I was on the agency side of things for more than 12 years, so a, a long time, and so essentially I've been in that industry for about 20 years. I went to grad school somewhere in there, too. Um, and then in 2013, I, um, after I had become a mom, I started working part-time at a large agency, and I started getting all of these questions about how that happened with my boss, like how I convinced her to let me do that. And what eventually happened was the beginning of my mom empowerment brand and the whole concept of work-life balance for working moms. And so I, I interviewed more than 110 professional working moms, and I, um, I wrote two books, and I did a TED Talk. Um, so what it comes down to is I like doing both. I mean, ultimately, I have... Somebody called it a portfolio approach to my career. And I love that. And so that's what I want to continue to do, because um, I don't want to choose one or the other.
1: Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Um, it's difficult to uh, want to choose things. I mean, there's a lot of people out there who want to have a pie and eat it too. And the great thing about life is that's always a possibility where you can have your pie and you eat it too. You just get two pies. <laughs> <So>. <laughs>
3: exactly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, anyone who thinks it's not possible just never bother saying goodbye.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the whole thing. I, I, I've I had so many people say to me, well, which one are you going to choose? And the reality is, I don't want to choose. I, I, I like doing both. It keeps life really interesting, but it adds a layer of complexity, mm. right? And it is... Um, it's not like I'm, I'm an expert in one and not an expert in the other. You know, I, I, I got my expertise in totally different ways. Um, I was able to, um, to kind of develop my skill set from super junior kind of role to, um, to director level in the marketing world. And then, as an entrepreneur, and then I developed the expertise because I ended up interviewing a ton of other people and um, and writing books and and I speak on it on a regular basis. I think the 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 number I heard was you have to spend more than ten thousand hours in order to be considered an expert. I think that's
3: uh, right.
1: Maybe I mean that's what they say, but is that a really the <laughs> <good> case? <laughs>
3: Well, uh, I, I, mean, like I mean, like,
1: if you're, if you're a beginning uh, investor, and then you just do 10,000 hours on your own, are you going to be as good as if you worked, like, a 1,000 hours directly under, like, Warren Buffett or something? Like, um, I don't know if it's really true where the 10,000 hours is really going to make you that great.
2: I, I mean, that's the number that I had heard, and I have definitely spent more than that, so... I mean, it is what it is. When you do, when you interview more than 110 people and each interview alone is, you know, probably like an hour, you can already start to do the math. It's a lot of time and then doing the research and writing the books and doing the research for TED Talk, like all of the stuff adds up, right? Mm So it's not like I'm at the beginning of that journey and at the beginning of another drink, you know, like, like I feel very comfortable in both. Mm-hmm. Um, but that becomes the challenge because I I want to be able to amplify both,
3: yeah. right? And
1: um, the easiest thing, the um, the re- some people go, should I build a personal brand or should I build a company brand? And usually that question's is uh, usually solved by money. If you have money, you don't have to worry about doing one or the other. But here uh, you have two different business brands, and you also have who you are as a person. And then there's a way to really tie it all together. Um, let me ask you a question. So you've been doing both OK Susie and Mom Empowerment. Can you kind of like describe the results you've been getting from each and the different tactics you've been doing with each and um, how different they are?
2: Sure. So, for the marketing side of things, for the OK suzy side of things, I have literally never marketed my brand mm-hmm. ever. All of the um, everything that I that I do as a um, as a as a business as a a, a, a service provider because that's essentially what I do. What I kind of my sweet spot is where research and business strategy and marketing come together. So all of my clients have been via word of mouth. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: Like I've never had to market my business. Um, So it's either through word of mouth or through like meeting somebody in person. So there's no question that, um, that requires more effort (laughs) because it's through word of mouth or through having individual conversations. But, I tend to do projects that are, I do them all year long. It's not cyclical. It's, it is literally, if I'm willing to do the projects, the work will come to me.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, now, that said, I'm trying to move into developing new revenue streams for that side of things, so I will actually have to finally start to market my business,
3: mm-hmm.
2: which I've never had to do. So I'm going to have to kind of figure out what that really looks like because I am starting to do, um, a, I'm doing a video series that is actually in beta test. So that's one side of things. Now on the, the mom empowerment side of things, no question about it. That takes up the bulk of my, we'll call it marketing time, right? Okay. Because it takes. I have focused a lot more energy on getting, trying to get working moms essentially to Mm -hmm. buy the book, to talk to their friends about the book, to um, have me be um, to buy the book for like um, book club, you know, like, and I will tell you very honestly, um, trying to get someone to buy a book and we're talking, you know, a, a book that's sixteen ninety nine on Amazon is not necessarily an easy sell. It's not like, oh, well, no, it's not oh. that big amount of money. Um, people treat that sixteen ninety nine the same way that they do like five hundred dollars. Right? Yeah, it's kinda
3: of funny, because,
2: right? <laughs> pardon?
1: It's kinda of funny, right?
2: You know, I had a really interesting conversation with somebody, um, uh, actually, the very first podcast I was on in late two thousand sixteen, I guess. And she had been um, uh, an industrial designer. So like like an IBM would go to her to um, redesign the lobby of a building, right? And, mm-hmm. and the projects that she had were tens of thousands of dollars easy. And she said it took the same amount of effort to sell in a project for, you know, thirty-five thousand dollars, as it did to sell a two hundred fifty dollars subscription per year to a mom for um, for uh, uh, healthy eating.
1: Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Like um, Frank Kern, um, his he was giving away a free book with shipping, and he was running Facebook ads on it. He had a really good uh, uh, landing page, but then the ad could have been a little bit better. But his cost per acquisition on his book was thirty dollars. Thirty dollars yeah. to sell the book—it's insane. That's more than the book costs. <laughs>
2: and and that's the challenge, though. So. That is so I, I kind of my audience i'm I'm trying to kind of shift more actually to the corporate world, so mm-hmm. to focus more on you know, again, IBM, although IBM is not one of my clients, but like an IBM to buy books for the moms that work there and to have me come in and do speaking. so that's so I'm trying to shift what it is that I do on that side. So it's not about moms being interested, but I still needed to create the buzz. So that's part of the reason why I needed to focus so much marketing time on that side of things. So the book has done well. It's been well received. It's one of my books is an award winner. One of them opened up at number one in its category on Amazon. Like I feel very comfortable with that side of things. I now have to just shift my energy a little bit more to be more of um, to be more of a service provider to businesses and less of a knowledge center for working moms so I'm making the shift but it's taking it takes time it takes energy and I'm having to rethink the content on my website so it, it shifts away from a book launch to let me help you company who wants to keep working moms on your team. So that um, side of things is going to require a lot of attention, right?
1: Yeah. So did in- you go to a traditional publisher or did you self-publish?
2: Um, so I actually went to an indie publisher. Um, so a very small publishing house.
1: Um, How hard is it to get them to change the uh, back cover of your book?
2: Um, I don't think it would be that hard.
1: The very, 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 very first thing that I would do if I were you, um, which is what I'm doing right now, the reason I went out to go and reach out to, like, a VP of Target, a VP of operations over at Target for a quote from my book, the reason I went to go out to get uh, a VP over at uh, Cloud who created the whole Adobe uh uh, employee advocacy program. The same reason I went to go get um, a few other people who have like uh, VP or director level positions at big companies is so if there's big companies on the back of the book, guess who that book's catered towards? That's a really good
2: point.
1: Yeah, so one of the things is, um, like, I learned this from, I forget who, Oliver Luckett, maybe. Um, And it was something I was kind of sort of unconsciously doing before, but it's embedding, it's reverse engineering your product so that it basically markets itself by the time it's complete. Um, So, like, when I was writing my book, um, like personal branding when you think about it from a business concept you're like okay I have a business brand I don't need a personal brand and that's the objection we get every single time when we pitch companies for personal branding stuff and it freaking sucks and me and Brian are kind of annoyed <laughs> by it right? Um, yeah. Somehow we've convinced people at like Cisco and Dropbox and a few other places to really come on board and embrace it and get their companies to pay for our marketing which that's so we're so fortunate of that but even uh, my day job at Keck Medicine of the University of Southern California I'm building enterprise, like I had to go back and pitch my boss for a freaking year saying, oh my God, this is the way to do it. And it wasn't until I changed the name of it from personal branding and made up a different name for it that he's like, oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. We could do this. And I'm like, oh my God, this is insane. I took a whole year to get this pitched. <laughs> and now I'm finally doing like this um, boot camp where I'm having physicians build up their own brands and then we're um, uh, working with each brand to go and promote each other. And because I saw that objection and how hard it was going to be to convince people how to do this, one of the things I did when me and Ryan were writing the book is I went to go find a director who had a lot of the same beliefs. Me and Ryan, we included our stories of how we use these um, things within the book at the office. And then on top of that, we got a third party to go, yeah, that works. That's how I manage my people. And this is how I do it. And I'm like, oh, that's great. And we didn't ask them leading questions or anything. They just said that's how they brand things. And um, they they're like a director level into it, and we're like, oh, cool, this is great.
2: (laughs) Interesting. Okay. No, and you make a really good point. And and what's interesting is, with my first book, one of the people who I had um, write a blurb on the back um, is is the director of was the director of. what's the of um career services at a major university at a major mba program because the point is that is kind of my perfect audience it's somebody who might have gotten their mba and so having that you know stamp of approval of somebody who who understands the corporate world and who understands the um the 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 world of somebody like an MBA. I mean, truthfully, that is kind of like my perfect audience for my first book. Um, And interestingly enough, I didn't go that way with the second cover. Um, And now I'm feeling kind of silly because I could have done that with at least one of the blurbs.
1: So, that's okay. Um, We'll take a commercial break and then we could discuss this a little bit further. If anyone wants to find Suzanne online, she's at Mom Powerment, and you can always find me at Mr. Leonard Kim, and we'll be back after this commercial break.
0: to reach leonard kim or his guest call into the program at 1-866-472-5795 that's 1-866-472-5795 or drop a line by email to hello at LeonardKim.com. now back to grow your influence tree Hey everyone Leonard Kim here back
1: with Suzanne Brown. I think we've kind of had an interesting discovery uh, based off the first segment of this uh, radio show. Uh, maybe it's not really the splitting of the brands that we're looking to do or to go and separate the differentiation for everything but maybe more, it's more helping this uh, book get into where it should be and corporate offices all across the country because let's say theoretically Suzanne's able to go out there and get her book into every single company and they distribute it to their working employees. That would lead to speaking engagements where um, Suzanne could speak about the book at these companies. That could lead to their employees having the book, and that could also lead to people going, oh, you know what, Suzanne's a marketer too. Maybe we could hire her agency for our services. So that kind of Basically, sums up and solves a lot of the problems that you're kind of looking to do, right?
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, if I could package those things in one, that would be amazing. Mm-hmm.
1: Um let, Let's look at it from the outside now. Okay, you got this mom empowerment brand. You're in all these great media outlets from like Bustle to all this other stuff. You got to keep that credibility on what, what it is, and it's already there. So that credibility is there. It's all about really repositioning this thing into being in the right spot. Um, when me and Ryan wrote our book, what we did is for the first three months Well, for the first month, we kind of panicked and said, oh, my God, we have six months to write this book. we have to get our proposal and figure out what this book's actually about. Um, (laughs) The second to fourth month, uh, what we did is we outlined – Every single thing that should be in the book. So we didn't write it from scratch and then have to go back and go, oh my God, we missed this key important part. And then when we were kind of putting that together, we're like, okay, what audiences do we need to make sure that we cater to? The regular person, the uh, employee, the person who's a manager, the person who hires, the person who buys books for their employees. And we had to include all these because our research beforehand indicated that the top two ways to sell books is number one, speaking, and number two, selling to companies. And we're like, okay, We need to make sure this is in here. And then, like when we thought about the entrepreneur angle, we're like, okay, entrepreneurs don't share books. Entrepreneur is only one, that's one person at a company. So maybe it really is the employee that we need to cater to, especially since that's where we make the most money in our business too. Um, So when we kind of made that shift, we outlined every single point and made sure to be inclusive of everything. Um, another thing is, for our case studies and examples inside the book, we made sure to not just take those entrepreneurial examples, but to use employee examples, too, and how this works in the real life, so it's actually ap- applicable to the employee at, at the business. Um, is there examples of employees in your book?
2: So, 62% of the women who I interviewed work for another company. So while I couldn't say the name of the company, uh-huh. I could say um, a large petrochemical company based out of Houston. Cool. That works. So, so there are a ton of examples that are um, not entrepreneurship-based. And, and I try to collect a lot of the information that is entrepreneur-focused in one major chapter. So I tried to kind of steer away from the entrepreneur um, for the same reason of it's only one person. And they don't often necessarily say, oh, hey, I read this book. You should read it, too. Right. Like that's Mm -hmm. I felt like that wasn't often done. Um, I'm glad I'm not the only one who noticed that. Um, So, yeah. So I tried to use a lot of examples and to kind of weave stories throughout the book.
1: That's and a very know. good thing to do. Um, do you do a lot of content marketing?
2: So in what form?
1: Blogging, videos.
2: So I do a weekly blog mm-hmm. for Mom Powerment only. Mm-hmm. Um, and for the... Um, Honestly, for the okay, <laughs> side of things, I haven't I haven't done it because I'm not sure how it. In the past, I didn't necessarily know how it would help my brand. So I have tried to be better about um, doing workshops and things like that on that kind of side, mm-hmm. uh, on that side of things. But all of the content that I create, like pretty frequently at this point is done for mom powerment.
3: Um, and, and the, I do uh,
2: a ton of content. So like the weekly blog, I have a newsletter that goes out twice a month. Um, I try to be active, with like much more active in social media on the mom powerment side. Um, you know, like I feel like that's where all of my marketing effort goes always.
1: There's nothing wrong with that. Um, what co- can you describe what that content like looks like, the takeaways, what it's um, talking about and the love of like that?
2: Um, so for example, uh, so every month has a different theme. Mm-hmm. So um, I tried to change things up just a little bit. So February was literally an entire month dedicated to how companies can take um, what moms want when it comes to balance and actually become a balance friendly company mm-hmm. so um, so every week was on a slightly different take on that topic um, whereas the month of March was um, the topic is essentially time management, so it doesn't matter whether you're a working mom who finds me through um, a friend or through a company, I give tips on time management and productivity and, um, and so, and in general, I should say the blog is, um, we'll call it more solution focused than Mm -hmm. like really personal story focused.
1: So what me and Ryan are doing right now with our book we just did a read-through and that took about three weeks and we extracted all the key points out of our book that we thought was extraordinarily powerful that we catered to the audiences that we wanted to cater it to. Um, with extracting that content, what we did is we're about to put it into a we're about to polish it up, put it into a content calendar and structure it so then we have all this different content that relates to the book, but doesn't necessarily cover the material in the book. Um, You said you have a lot of great people that you interviewed who kind of went through these transformational stories in the Small Empowerment book. What if um, you started to piece out those sections and then started to share those stories with your content? Because that's your target audience, the people who are working in the actual offices. If you start to share those personal stories, the personal results and things like that, you also start to share your own experiences too. You have content that's geared towards that target audience that you're looking to uh, get hired by.
2: And I should mention, every month, I highlight one mom who I interviewed. Hmm. So I, I do try to highlight and really kind of dive into their story because throughout the book, I give very small snippets. So there's only like five women who have like very involved stories um, where it's like literally a case study. It's two pages out of a book, which some people would be like, that's not very much, but that's a ton of real estate out of a book. That's like 200 pages. Yeah. Um, so on the, um, on my website, each month I find somebody who really kind of spoke to whatever the topic is that I'm writing about. Mm-hmm. And I highlight her um, to share a lot more of like, all of the advice that she gave in the interview and what's the story and how did it change over time and how did she go from one thing to the next or what was her transformation? So I, I try to do a much deeper dive. Um, I didn't do that in the month that was all about what do companies need um, or Mm -hmm. how can companies make changes? Um, I, and I try to, always link it back to the topic so that it can show like my theme for the month so that it can show kind of real world what that looks like, right? So it's not just like, well, here are a bunch of ideas. It's like, no, no, no. So this is actually how you apply those ideas. But it's good to see that you're suggesting that so that I'm not crazy in making that effort because it's definitely not the same content as everything else that I do. So, and those... those are huge spikes in my um, when I look at like my web results, like just in general mm-hmm. over the course of the of um, the time that I've done this. Um, there's one article that hands down is is the most sought after um, uh, article that I have. Like nothing compares to it. And then the the next things that are like the big spikes are all um, uh, stories, all of them. They're all
1: the the um, case studies. Well, the good thing about that is you have the data that's proving what's working. Uh, if, yeah. if you've ever featured someone in a book, there's a great chance that they'll do anything that you ask them to do. The only reason yeah. I know this is because when Sarah Bliss wrote Take the Leap or Take the leap, change your career, change your life. And she asked me for help. I'm like, oh, yeah, here's like 50 podcasts you could be on. Here, let me introduce you to whoever. Here's all my contact lists. Go have fun. And she's like, oh, my God, this is crazy. And then the crazy thing is if you go back to those people, after you do those pieces and, they ha- and they're and they performing pretty well, you're like, hi, Suzanne. I'm so glad we got to do this piece together and we got to do this book. You know what would be really great and that I would appreciate it a lot? You know how you work at this big company that's not mentioned in the book? What if you send this over to HR and let them see exactly how this thing went? Because you know what would be so awesome that I would really, really appreciate? is if I could come here and share this with all the women at this company and share this philosophy and this way of life and this book with them and blah, blah, blah. Good point. Yeah. Um, that way you can get, get your way into the door at a few of these different companies. And uh, if they're already in the book, uh, it's just reverse engineering and actually using your assets that you already have. And I think that's the best thing that you could really do with a 200-page asset. You have all these different tools that you get to use within that book. It's just identifying, knowing that they exist, and knowing how to kind of use it. Um, on the other side of things, um, with your uh, bio on your Mom Powerment website… Since you don't market okay, Susie that much, it's just taking a few of those elements that's on that OKSusie okay, page and just switching them and moving them into the bio and weaving it in. So people do know that you have this marketing experience. People know that they can hire you to come speak at their companies and things like that. If you sprinkle in a few of those things from OKSusie okay, and put it into your uh, mom empowerment site, and then maybe you make a tab that says for companies, and maybe that's your... Um, that could be on empowerment. It could be on okay, Susie. It doesn't really matter, but it gives them the option for like buying books, speaking, and things like that. Okay. Yeah. So
2: have literally like just everything in one place, and and, and you make a good point because I was um, I had listened to some of the previous um, shows that you've done because um, you give really good advice.
3: It's and, okay. Um, and
2: <laughs> I you get you do you give great advice. So I, um, I had changed around a little bit what was there, and as I was looking at, it, I'm like, I need to, I need to retool these um, my tabs. So that's a good, that's an interesting way to think about. Just put everything in one place. Of okay, if I'm a company, let me just have it in an easy, easy, just one one stop shop instead of having to look you know, like books versus services versus the media. It's like, no, just if you're a company, go here.
1: Yeah. For companies, for big, for people.
2: <laughs> yeah. So that's a good way to think about it. Instead of, well, here's the books. If you want to look at books, here's the services. If you need help, it's like, no, like literally, are you a company? Are you a working mom? Like, um, And then I can kind of put everything under that. So it's it it doesn't require you to go back and forth cuz honestly who goes back and forth on a
1: website? Um no one really gets- <laughs> <laughs> like it's, it's like true. okay three places I'm, I'm kind of tired can i go home.
3: <laughs>
2: yeah, I mean people just don't do it even though that's how almost everybody including me sets things up. Yeah. You know? Um it's almost like i could break it down to like if you're a company if you're um, a media outlet, if you are a working mom, and, like, that could be, like, my basic um, – those could be my tabs. And then literally just provide everything under those tabs.
1: Yeah, like, what if it was three tabs, and then in those three tabs you had three boxes, and then those three boxes all went out? Yeah, yeah, there are nine places, but then the each person gets a choice of three, which is kind of cool. Makes it easy for them.
2: Yeah. No, I, I like that. And that's a really easy way for me to summarize the information because um, it looks cleaner. The more tabs you have, I feel like it just looks like I mean, there's just too much. Right? It's yeah. like, oh my God, where do I go?
1: I don't know it's easy to get lost
2: <laughs> well I mean when you have that much people literally just close
1: yeah it's very true it's like yeah never mind
2: I'm just I'm going to shut this down I'm not going to worry about this right now um, so simplify. simplify
1: yeah simplify right. and clean up and that should do a lot of the heavy lifting for you where people are able to really just see things in an easier way um, let's see We can hop off to a commercial break and then we could look more over other things that we could potentially do. Uh, if anyone wants to find Suzanne Brown, she's at Mom Power Mint and I'm at Mr. Leonard Kim and we'll be back after this commercial break.
0: devin will fast track your goals to yummy reality tune in every wednesday at 9 a.m pacific time and 12 noon eastern time on the voice america influencers channel
2: change starts here change starts now join us the voice america influencers channel
0: this is grow your influence tree To reach Leonard Kim or his guest, call into the program at 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or drop a line by email to hello at leonardkim.com. Now, back to Grow Your Influence Tree.
1: Hey, everyone. Leonard Kim and Suzanne Brown here for the last segment of Grow Your Influence Tree. Um... So we talked about a lot of stuff, some things with positioning, cleaning up the website, uh, combining two places into one, and we also talked about how to really position that book. Uh, let's see. In regards to, like, I guess, uh, content creation, where are you creating most of your content and placing it? Like your videos and things like that?
2: So I need to be a lot better about the video side of things. So um, you and I have spoken offline um, because my challenge more than anything was getting the right, literally the right like tech tools. Um, Because for me, I have no problem with being on camera. Like I'm not at all
3: afraid of, of,
2: pardon? Like, yeah, like you, exactly.
3: I said said
2: lucky,
1: Um, lucky. It's hard for people to be on camera.
2: (laughs) No, but you're, I mean, there, it, it doesn't bother to me. It doesn't bother me to be on camera. It doesn't bother me to present because I literally had to start doing it. My first Mm. job out of undergrad. So like 21 years old, having to present in front of the most senior marketing people of like Procter and Gamble and Coca-Cola. Like I had to get over the fear really fast. Yeah. So, I mean, think about it I've literally been doing it for like 20 years I mean just (laughs) just to think about it Um, because I started you know at 21 so um, so I need to just do it more so so what I have done more than anything is I have done like Facebook lives that's where I put most of my content that's a video Um, and it's almost all been on the mom empowerment side of things I've done very little on the okay Susie side um, so that's where the video lives. But like, I know I need to do more on LinkedIn, for example, because that's where people already are. So I need to put the LinkedIn content not on Facebook, but on, I'm sorry, I need to put the video content not on Facebook, but on LinkedIn. But on Facebook, it's super easy. All you do is you just press live and you're on a live video. On LinkedIn, you actually have to create the video um, and then post it.
3: Want me
1: to help make it a little little bit easier for you? Yeah. (laughs) Um, So using Facebook Live is the easiest way to create video, and there's no way that's easier than using Facebook Live, and I think it's a great thing that you're doing Facebook Live. After you create a Facebook Live, if you go back to your tab and then you click on those little three ellipsis buttons on the top right, uh, you could click on one of those and then it will give you a drop down menu and then there will be like different things like edit posts and things like that. Um, There's also going to be an option where you could download that video. So, what you do is you download that video, then you upload that video to YouTube, you uh, upload that video to LinkedIn LinkedIn only takes 10 minutes, so if it's over 10 minutes, you shave off the other three minutes, and then you say, "Uh, uh just f- watch the rest of the video at YouTube." And then you take it and you shrink it down to about a minute and a half to two minutes and a half, and you share it on Twitter with the link that says "Go to the rest of the video." And if you have an article that talks about the same thing that the video talks about, you use your YouTube link, and then you embed that video back into those articles. So now the video is everywhere, so you have more exposure on your one video you made.
2: Wait. So, where is this on? So, I'm looking at the ellipse thing,
1: and uh, you have to look on your computer. You, you, have, you have to what? It's on your computer. Uh, you can't do yeah. it by your phone. Um, yeah.
2: So, I'm looking at my computer. So, you go to do you go to edit post? Where do you go?
1: I think so. Um, I could. Oh, I could make there you it look. is. Okay.
3: You found oh, it. I found it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I found it. That that took two steps, which is like nothing so yeah i have many videos on my um on in my facebook group and on my facebook page so easy okay um
1: so you can be sure them (laughs) makes it super easy
2: yeah, it does, and they're they're videos that I can easily share. Like they're to- it's not like only applicable to Facebook. Like they could easily be used on LinkedIn. So, okay, well that'll be simple. Yay! I love it. Hey.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay. Um,
1: now oh. the other side is with the written content you're making. Is that mostly just going on your website?
2: Yes. Um, and I, I, I have enough content to where I don't actually have to write a ton of new content. I can kind of massage it a little bit and then update it and post it as a new date. Um, so I don't, I'm not, I don't do a ton of brand new creation anymore because I have uh, a lot of content on my website.
1: Well, the good thing is, since you have a lot of content on your website already, you can just take your existing content, and then you can just copy and paste it into like Medium, LinkedIn, and Quora. So then um, you have more content, or it's getting spread around in more places.
2: You know, it's it's funny you mentioned that. I had, um, I had done a post, on, that was originally on my website, and I—it um, uh, was the one on my website on mom empowerment—is specifically about the holidays, okay? Mm-hmm. And I took that content and I stripped out the holiday elements and I made it a news post only on LinkedIn,
3: mm-hmm. and I
2: had. An editor of a publication reach out to me and say, "We'd like to um, to to, put, to include this in our magazine." Nice. And I could not find anywhere on my website what she was talking about. Like I had no idea, and so I had to reach back out to her, and I was like, "I'm so sorry. I'm not sure if that's my content or if I wrote it for somebody else." And she's like oh, it's on your LinkedIn profile.
3: <laughs> and
2: I felt like such an idiot because I didn't even think to look on my LinkedIn profile. Like, it didn't even to me. Um, so let me ask you, do you, can you literally just post the same exact content and it doesn't impact your SEO?
1: No, because um, Google knows who the author is. Okay. And they know where the primary content's coming from. Um, there's no negative impact.
2: Okay, cool.
1: Only positive. And exactly. then. Um, Clearly,
2: people find, find it on LinkedIn.
1: Um, well, the thing I, is, LinkedIn, Quora, Medium, they all have these built in networks of people who already use the platform. So, what right. they do is, when you put content onto their platform, they just push it out and go here. Other people who use this platform, look at it. And then um, with a the blog, you have to drive everyone to your blog when all these other platforms do the exact opposite. They're like, here, everyone go. Here's your stuff. So, yeah.
2: And and they will still find you because if they like what you have to say, they'll go to your blog. They'll go yeah. to, you know, they'll go to other places. But there's no question being able to take advantage of that built-in audience would be helpful. Um, okay, so I can start doing that too. So let me ask you a question about um, so on medium,
3: hmm?
2: you have you have to go through essentially like publications, right?
1: Well, you can publish it yourself or you could go through a publication. It doesn't really matter. The publications give you extra distribution too, uh, but sometimes it still gets picked up if you publish it yourself. It doesn't really matter. So, okay, so
2: it's not a matter of going one way or the other.
1: Yeah, it's by choice.
2: And then when it comes to LinkedIn, is it better to just publish in general or is it better to publish to your own community? What what thoughts do you have on that side?
1: Um, you would just click on the article button and just click it and then just put it up and I'll just send it out to your network. And okay. then other people who are uh, close to your network. So it's pretty cool. All
3: right. Then, okay. uh, so
2: that actually gives me, this is a perfect segue into a question. Cool. So on something like Medium or LinkedIn, I'm, I know that you're very familiar with Quora, although I'm not as familiar with it. Um, how do you? If you have two areas of expertise, how do you how do you provide the content without it looking super choppy? Like do you have any suggestions on that side of things?
1: Without it looking like it doesn't belong?
2: Yeah, because you know, I mean, if you don't look at my my profile, you don't know that I have two let's be honest. Pretty different areas of focus. So, how do you like? Do I literally just kind of do like a batch of, uh, of Mom Powerment and then a batch of OK Susie? Or like,
1: I think a good question is to um, think about all the content that I've written in the last two years. How much content have I written that has to do with personal branding?
2: I mean, I would think a lot.
1: Um, I don't think I've written anything. Really? Yeah, I've only, I wrote 11 articles and they're all personal stuff.
2: (laughs) I guess a lot of the stuff that I read from you is, I mean, it's about elements of personal branding.
1: Well, I think a lot of the stuff that you read is other people interviewing me about stuff.
2: Which is probably true. Yeah. It's
1: not really me talking about stuff, personal branding. Because I got tired of writing about personal branding years ago. <laughs> People still know it. People still see it. They still find it. So that's great. People still ask me about it.
2: Well, and it's interesting that you talk about these other places because I did not want to have to start a blog on OK Susie. Like, I did yeah. not. That was not something yeah. I wanted to do. But I could do articles in these other um, vehicles. I mean, there's no question about it.
3: Yeah.
1: And then another thing is you could uh, make a little video and add it to your existing articles, then you get better traction on your existing articles, too.
2: Huh. Okay. Well, and How a lot... Think- I mean, Oftentimes, the videos that I do are related to something that I just wrote about, right? So it's so I try to talk about the same topic, and you know, like I might talk about it a little bit differently on Instagram versus on Twitter versus a Twitter versus a video that I do on Facebook because every every online, you know, every social media channel is a little bit different, like the way that people respond to things is a little bit different. So yeah. I've tried to be aware of that.
1: Um, if you want to do it the so easy really way too, you could just film a video, um, transcribe it, then turn the transcription into an article too. And then that way you have both from one video. Good
2: point. Okay.
1: Yeah. There's a lot of hacks.
2: doing the easy way. I mean, what is that?
1: um well there's only three minutes left in the show so um how how do you feel this advice was like on the scale like one to ten
2: um like a 15
1: (laughs) (laughs) awesome (laughs) I i
2: i have i have some really good i think more than anything is you've given me really tangible tips yeah so it's it's not like great i'm gonna have to go figure out how to do that like it's it is it's stuff that I can take and like I can literally start making changes tonight kind of thing yeah that's you know? cool think, it's kind of cool because
1: practical and tactical <laughs>
2: yeah it is no I mean it really is and um, and there's I mean you don't necessarily make it about theory so it's like well if you understood the you know like you're not trying to talk over my head you're like okay let's get down and dirty like here's how you need to make this change you need to do it right now um, and that that's incredibly helpful advice that I don't think is in a lot of places right now.
3: Yeah,
1: I think I kind of got bored of listening to other people's stories on my podcast. I'm like, maybe I should just do what I'm good at, just flip it around.
3: <laughs>
1: no,
2: I mean, I think that that's incredibly helpful. But that's why when I listen to other your other shows with other guests, Like, I literally have, like, notes that I've taken on what you have told that, you know, those other guests so that I can, like, go and start making those changes myself where it's like, okay, well, that doesn't exactly apply, but this definitely does. So I'm going to start making those changes immediately. So I think that, um, I mean, so many of us have the same challenges. So Mm -hmm. having, having your ability and just your understanding of how it all works so that we can take those little nuggets and either take them as is or massage them a little bit, I think has been mm-hmm. incredibly helpful.
1: Yay! I'm glad it was really helpful for you, and I'm glad that you are able to be on the show today. Um, for everyone tuning in today, thank you for tuning in for another episode. Um, if you want to follow us, you could always follow Suzanne Brown at Mom PowerMint. You could always follow me at uh Mr. Leonard Kim, and make sure to keep your eye right, out oh, for "Ditch the Act," will the surprising power of the greater you for uh, or of the real you for greater success, which comes out in October this year. Uh, we've been getting a lot of great quotes coming in, and we're so happy everyone could tune in. And we're gonna go have parties now because our episode's over. We're gonna go celebrate!
3: Yay! Yay!
0: Thank you for making us part of your week. Listen for Grow Your Influence Tree with Leonard Kim every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Stand out, stand apart, and become a top influencer. We'll see you here next week.